It's that time. Hey, Mitch. Mitchie. Mitchie, Mitchie, Mitchie. We're looking for you, pal. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic, talking Big Red. Unleash the fury, Mitch. Unleash the fury! On Hail Varsity Radio. You know, that, that new open for Mitch always gets me. Always love chatting with Mitch Sherman, Athletic. It's where you read him. Really good volleyball story from Mitch, and of course, uh, coverage Nebraska, Minnesota. Add Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, how's the the day? Are are you enjoying track right now? Yeah, I'm done. I went to my first ever middle school cross country meet today in Plattsmouth, and uh, I am headed back toward the metropolis of of Omaha. And it was uh, it was a success as far as I could determine. Well, good. That's that's incredible. I was never. Uh, tough enough or agile enough to do cross country. The the wheezing would have scared my, many in the uh, the field, and uh, we'll just leave it at that. I'm not a runner. I am not. Yeah, a I'm runner. pretty much in the same boat. I run more today, and and that's not very much than I ever dreamed of doing when I was when I was that age. But we've got some uh, Canadian smoke in the the cross country report, and I think that's that's. Uh, I think that slowed the times down a little bit. Not that it's not the greatest running conditions, but it was worse last week. One of the things that is fun about going and attending cross country meets is just how lazy you feel as all these people watching them the, the, bust the, through. They have pain in their eyes. They're running around. <laughs> yeah. They're sweating, and you're just sitting there like sipping on a cup of coffee, lightly cheering them on. You you you'll never feel lazier huh, than watching all these people running. Run, like run faster, honey. Come on. Sub seven minute miles in a, in a cross country meet, and you're just sitting there. I would agree, and I take that to another level because a lot of the, the spectators will run around the course to try to see that they're see their children multiple times throughout the race. And I'm content to start to stand at the uh, at the finish line or in one spot. I get to see him at, at one time as he comes by. Mitch, here's a little secret for you. I, I learned from watching my sister at cross country meets. Whenever I get, they're getting to that final kick, doesn't matter if there's anybody behind them or not. Just say, they're catching you. They're catching you. And you wouldn't believe how much faster they run. Man. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's, I'll, I'll put that to the test of the next meet. <laughs> just, you're just going to scream, you know, yep. hands cupped around your mouth. Hurry up. I mean, just. He's right just behind you. Get, get it going. <laughs> well, I'm to hurry up. That's kind of like, like when you tell the pitch. And I'm much more experienced in the, on the, in the baseball realm, of course. But that's kind of like telling the pitcher on the on the mound when he's struggling to just throw strikes. Come on. Come on, Billy. Oh. Throw strikes. How often do you hear that? Oh. And what, you know, that's, uh, I've learned that does not help all that much or at it, all. It, but it, it, it does get you the mother of all dirty looks, especially if you're in the stands. Juniors going Ricky Wild thing Vaughn ball four, ball eight, ball 16. Throw strikes. Yeah, throw, throw strikes, strikes oh, dude. Of, Come on. I didn't on. think of that. And just, stares you down he's gonna throw it over the backstop so it hits the old man in the stands what's worse than the baseball though is whenever me i am a slow pitch softball pitcher and my infielders are saying just throw strikes like i'm not yeah. trying to deceive anybody here i'm trying to man that one really cuts deep but it's your own teammate mm. and it's slow pitch softball we should get to football though we will uh, and we'll do that now mitch sherman with us from the athletic we've gone down memory lane with uh telling pitchers to throw strikes and telling cross-country runners to hurry up so, not an easy opening day for, for Coach Rule. 
when we look at the the task at hand, it's Minnesota, it's under the lights, it's Thursday, and then you have the Eric Gilbert news from this morning. Mitch, your reaction to to this and just, you know, the the situation Gilbert's in and the situation Rule and this team's in, it's not that, and Rule laid out that he's, you know, he wasn't traveling for this game. He's been on on scout team, but it, it's just been a journey for for Eric Gilbert, and this is tough from tough uh, to to take for many parties from this morning. Yeah, we know one of the things about this team that Matt Rule has instilled and his coaching staff has instilled through the off season, but especially in training camp by putting them in the dorms in Selleck Hall was that brotherhood and that feeling of togetherness, and that's great until and it is and it's 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 needed. It's it's something that they should be commended for. It's going to have benefits in the long term. But when you then have a situation like this where a player goes astray and you have something bad happen that involves someone on the team, just because of the nature of the way this team is put together, I think it's going to impact guys. And, yeah, so Eric Gilbert wasn't going to be on the 74-man travel roster to Minnesota. And, you know, he's not part of the two-deep even if he's eligible, um, which right as of right now he's not he's not eligible outside of anything that that, ha- that happened uh, legally to him uh, today. It's it's still it still is a factor. It matters to the players in that locker room and on that roster that one of their guys is going through a difficult time. So, not in any way ideal for for anyone. Most of all, Eric Gilbert, but. Inside that Nebraska team culture, it's tough to have this happen two days before your season opener. But I think, you know, they're, they've shown in battling through what's been a hard time, a demanding time for this team that, you know, they're building some mental toughness. That's, that's something that has been a, a, a priority for Matt Rule and the staff to instill in this team. And, and this will be a test, and I think they'll pass that test. I think when they – get on that plane tomorrow and they go up to Minnesota, they'll be all business and that they're going to put this out of their minds for a, a short time. But it is something that the team is going to have to grapple with. And, and obviously uh, Eric Gilbert has to deal with on a, on a much bigger level. Mitch, one of the, the divisive opinions I've seen today is people trying to equate what happened last night with the NCAA's waiver process and, and him not being approved for a waiver. I think people's minds naturally go there because of, of football players, how important the game is to them. If they don't have the game anymore, where do they go? I mean, something you've heard before from people like Tom Osborne, even Urban Meyer in the, the Swamp Kings documentary, that if you take the most important thing away from somebody, you don't know where they're going to go. So is that where your mind goes on a day like today, or, or where's your, your mind in that process? It's, you know, it's hard to put yourself in his position without knowing anything. I don't know hardly anything about it, you know, other than what people have told me. I don't know how much he, I assume he loves football. You know, he's a great, great athlete, but he also is somebody who for, for all of his life when he's played the game, I think could walk out there and just be the best player by being Eric Gilbert. He's six foot five, 275 pounds. And he, you know, runs like a guy who, who's a hundred pounds, weighs a hundred pounds less than, than that. Um, so, you know, I, I don't, I don't know where, where his, his mind is at, <clears throat> but I, I'm sure I, I can say this with confidence. It's been difficult for him to go through this process where he transferred to Nebraska thinking that this was an easy bid to be eligible, that his, his former program 
was going to sign off on it. His current program was going to advocate for him and that he was going to get, he was going to be eligible. And then some things changed right after his transfer with the rules, some clarifications in the rules that made it more difficult to, to be eligible if you've gone through a transfer two times. But even then, even as Nebraska went through the spring and the early portion of this summer, I think that as a program and as, as, as a coaching staff, as people in that program, they felt good about his case, that he would stand a good chance to, to be able to participate on this team in 2023. And when we got into training camp and closer to, to opening night, and, he, and it was still up in the air, and it started to look negative because other cases were being denied, I, I can only imagine, yes, that was difficult on him. Did it have anything to do with what happened at, at 2 in the morning today? I, I, I don't know. And it's, it's probably it's hard for me to, to, even, to even guess. Mitch Sherman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. It's where you follow him. You read him with The Athletic. So, Mitch, let's fast forward from the, the Gilbert news that Nebraska's dealing with to, to the business trip and uh, Minnesota at hand. We'll both be up there and excited to, to see what Nebraska's about and really see what Minnesota's about. It's been a tough foe for Nebraska. I want to get into some advantages you think Nebraska may have going into this. If, if you're going down the old checklist and we, we get into pros and cons, how Nebraska can win, where Nebraska may, and why Nebraska may come up short, you know, what are you thinking about uh, Nebraska and some of those advantages they, they may have uh, when it comes to Thursday night? Well, I'd look at the unknown factor. I'd look at the Nebraska defense, and I, I think – I think the Nebraska defense will be underestimated at times, especially early in the season. I think teams that scout Nebraska are going to look at that defense and, and expect it to play like a, a first-year group and, and look at some of the things that it did last year. Of course, they're going to watch film of of Tony White and, and his group at, at Syracuse last year and study the three three five. And I don't know that any of that is going to, uh, you know, is is going to give teams the knowledge and understanding of what they need uh, to, to be ready. And, and I'm not making this Nebraska defense out to be the, you know, the, the 94 defense or the, or the 85 bears or anything mm-hmm. like that. I, I just think that there's an unknown element and there are new playmakers in this group at every level. I and mean, you can look at a true freshman and Cam Lenhardt and, and you know, his, his uh, position mate Blaze Gunnarsson. You can look at, at John Bullock uh, and Chief Borders at the linebacker level and Deshaun Singleton and Omar Brown and Isaac Gifford. Isaac Gifford has been a player, but I think he's taken it to another level in the secondary. So there are parts of this defense I think that will be difficult for a team to prepare for, especially a team that's not seen this group at at work. And And I think Nebraska can have a slight, you know, some kind of an edge there because Minnesota will come out and, and have to have a feeling out process for how the black shirts are going to play. I think it will definitely be the strength of Nebraska's team early in the season, if not all season, but early in the season for sure. It, Tony White's defense. They've, they've, they've shown me that with all of the information that I've, mm-hmm. I've gathered on this team through the spring and, and the entire off season. And especially this, this month. So that's, that's probably number one. And that's a, And that's a, kind of a vague you know that's a big one mm-hmm. uh, you know it covers a lot of ground there the defense has got an edge you know beyond that i don't know i mean maybe jeff jeff sims experience 
Uh, you know, he hasn't been in the Big Ten, but he's got three years of parts of three years of starting experience as a quarterback. You know, not every game went his way. A lot of games didn't go his way. A lot of moments didn't go his way. But that experience is beneficial. I think that, you know, he's played in enough situations that you, you, you put him at, you know, this is, they're not going to Ohio State this weekend. You know, Minnesota is a, is a mo- more of a friendly environment. It can be t- a tough place to play, but it's not the toughest place to play, and even in a division. So I think he'll be all right, and he'll rely on his experience. And Nebraska has more experience at the quarterback spot than what Minnesota has with Athens Kaliak manis You know, he played some last year and had some success but he has not been in as many situations as Jeff said. Mitch, we're up against a hard break. Can I get two minutes on the other side to hit volleyball? Is that all right with you? Yeah, we can do that, sure. All right, cool. Mitch Sherman continues on with us. Hail Varsity Radio, Tuesday edition, and uh, more with Mitch Sherman from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Some overtime with uh, the very kind Mitch Sherman from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. It's where you find him. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Hail Varsity Radio, Tuesday edition. We've covered the Eric Gilbert incident. We've talked about advantages for Nebraska. Mitch, last thought on football. When it comes to being that fourth quarter team, will you be surprised if Nebraska is a is ready to be a fourth quarter team out of the gate? Yeah, a little bit. I think eventually that's going to be the, you know, if Matt Rule has success here and I, you know, I believe in what he's doing. I like, I like his approach and I think he's got a a good start to things there. That's going to eventually define, largely define this, his teams, but I, they're not, I don't know that they're there yet. I don't think that they're there to the place yet where they can, dominate Minnesota in the fourth quarter in, in week one in the Gophers home stadium. I mean, it's, we'll see. Um, but I, if, if Nebraska can make it a push in the final 15 minutes, that's uh, you know, I think that's a win. And, and really, you know, sometimes these things just come down to the momentum in the game. It's not always about the big grand plan in the program and, and, you know, how everything's trending. You know, some, sometimes it's just like, Hey, you got an interception, or a fumble, or a fluke play happened at the end of the third quarter, and you take momentum into the fourth, and then you're the best team in the fourth quarter. So it, 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 there will be times, I think, this year where we see it, and that doesn't mean that Nebraska's ready to always be the best team in the fourth quarter, but it's a huge emphasis for Matt Rule. And so, so much of an emphasis that it, it's interesting to hear him talk, and he did today, about how, how much he doesn't care about a fast start. He doesn't want to lose the first quarter 14 to nothing, but he just wants to trade blows for the first couple of quarters. You know, that, that eight minute stretch at the end of the first half, start of the second half is important for him. It's always an important part of the game, but really he wants to get to the fourth quarter, just standing in the middle of the ring and trading blows with the teams that uh, figuratively that, that, that the Huskers are playing and then find that, that next level in the last 15 minutes. It's a, you know, it's a, good game plan it's it sounds nice but you know minnesota wants to be a good team in the fourth quarter too so does colorado and michigan in a few weeks and and it's going to take nebraska some time to develop that ability to to outwill other teams mitch last thought here on football before we switch gears and talk just a little bit of volleyball the vegas line the total line for this game has moved down by a full three points in the last seven days from 46 and a half 
to 43 and a half. So a lot more people out there forecasting a lower scoring game. And if this is a low scoring game on Thursday, what are one or two keys that are going to be of utmost importance for Nebraska in order to win in a low scoring game? Yeah, I mean, I probably would just throw out some of the generic ones that you hear always. It's hard to break it down to that level until you see how the game's going to go. But, mm-hmm. I mean, win, win third down, get, get, get uh, touchdowns when you're in the red zone instead of field goals, and, and, you know, win the turnover battle. I mean, special teams are important. I mean, these are, these are you can, I, could, I can give you the, the, those exact same keys just about every game that Nebraska goes into. But, I, you know, I think if it's going to be a defensive game, the, the margin for error becomes – more slim and you 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 know you need to get seven points when you have the possibility to get seven points it's a it's it makes a, a it's a big deal uh to 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 if you leave those four points out there on the field and have to kick a field goal or miss a field goal so red zone turnovers special teams third down i mean they're they're those are like the staples of winning close football games and lower scoring would indicate it's going to be the people think it's going to be a closer game mitch it's volleyball day in nebraska and perhaps the world tomorrow memorial stadium is all set what's this mean to you and what do you think it represents as a guy who's covered uh, husker athletics for as long as you have i mean it's a big moment for for nebraska um as a as a institution as an athletic department the vault for the volleyball program it's it's huge um you know it's gonna it's gonna pay dividends down the road for john cook's program i think long after he he steps away and retires some someday i mean as i wrote in the piece today about nebraska volleyball it's we forget that john cook is 67 because he coaches with the energy of somebody who's in his 30s or 40s it doesn't seem in any way like he's nearing the end of this thing but at 67 i mean he can't go on that much longer and i I think what they're doing what they're doing tomorrow night it will will have a a, a lasting impact it's it's big for big a big moment for women's sports in in america i think and that's not that's not hyperbole that's not going too far i think you look at you look at some of the the media coverage that this thing is going to generate some of the attention the the president of the ncaa is coming in tomorrow so uh, it's a, it's you know walking around Memorial Stadium today. It felt like the Friday before a big football game, not just any football game. It felt like the Friday before you know Nebraska Oklahoma from uh, you know back in the old days, or or you know Nebraska Ohio State in, in more recent times of, of uh, Husker football history. So this is this is um, it's a huge moment. I mean, great accomplishment. Very difficult to have pulled this thing off and put it together on a Wednesday night in August and and. They uh, seem on the cusp of doing that, so um, I'm looking forward to uh, to being there and, and taking in that history. Mitch, really thank you for the extra time today. Great stuff on volleyball, great coverage with Nebraska. We'll see you in Minneapolis. Thanks for a few minutes today. Yep, thanks a lot. There he is, Mitch Sherman from The Athletic, at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. And uh, we are going to be in Minneapolis, uh, live from The Graduate in Minneapolis tomorrow. So uh, Elijah will hold it down here during Volleyball Day in America. And uh, we'll be uh, ready to rock and roll in uh, Minneapolis Wednesday, Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon, Thursday night, post-game, Friday morning. The Friday morning one's going to be, that's going to be a hell of a time. That'll be all right. Friday, Friday morning and then Friday 
afternoon again. That, that mm. midday Friday nap is going to be huge because it's the post game show. I uh, would venture to say, assuming there's going to be a lot of running the football on Thursday night, I assume it probably starts at ten and probably ends somewhere around midnight, mm. twelve thirty for that sure. post game show, depending on the results of the game. Then you and I are back at it five and a half hours later with the morning show and that that midday nap on Friday. If you want to talk to me on Friday, make sure it's not between the hours of say 11 a.m. and 1 you're, you're p.m. You're dictating to me when not to. <laughs> I won't be calling you. I, I, I will not. There won't be this panicked uh, text message. Hey, dude. Uh, no, I, I will let you be. You let me be. And uh, we'll recover together. Even if you try to reach out states. to me, there's a real chance my, there's my going, ring there's going to be a out. nasty gift sent back my way. Big thanks to our friends at Sauterheim and Lazari's Pizza for powering the the road trip uh, this week to Minnesota uh, for Boulder next week, and then uh, Sparty down the road. So we're we're really thankful to them. We'll have a little bit more from Coach Rule. Uh, the kicking game, tight ball game. Unders, right? We'll get into the, the, the Vegas thing that Elijah threw out there. It's dropped a whole whopping three points. We're talking 21-17 type deal. That's what it looks like. Uh, who's going to be <laughs> smiling come uh, Thursday around midnight? Who's going to be crying in their beer? I, I believe the most recent line has it at 43.5 for the total. Yep. Is so it down to 6.5 now? Uh, the spread is down to 6.5, okay. and, and the total is Thirty and a because it, it started at eight and a half. Mm-hmm. We go back to July, so we'll get there. More from Coach Rule, Matt Verzel coming up here in uh, less than twenty minutes. John Mabry, his book, The Origin Story, Nebraska Volleyball. As John will join us here in hour two. Hail Varsity continues. We're presented by Currency.